you can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price and participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Hello there, this is Jim Horan, the Keys bartender, coming to you from Key Largo, episode 309. We're live, and the phone number is 407-392-4563. That's my Skype number, where you can uh, reach us if uh, you're interested. Oh, I think I have a fake, uh, what am I saying? Say hello? Hello. Um. Yeah, you can, uh, for the longest time, I ha- I've been making these Skype calls and uh, not being able to figure out um, what's the best way of getting a hold of people and have them call in, and that is to get a number, obviously. You know, with Skype, if you don't pick out a number or get assigned a number, they'll just give you a long code, and it's a pain in the ass to try to do that. But if you call on any phone, to force 0739245634563 you could uh talk to us live so uh how are we doing today in Key Largo uh we are uh, we're in the Florida Keys we're in the middle of our lobster mini season and dire predictions have not come about right now because a lot of people think thought that the mini season, lobster mini season, and just a reminder to some of our listeners, lobster mini season is uh, we have a spiny lobster in South Florida, and in the Florida Keys, it's considered a great place to go looking for them. What people do is in the daytime, they dive for them and uh, coax them out with tickle sticks and things like that into uh, nets, and you can, in the Florida Keys, you could get up to six per day per person. Uh, in the rest of the state of Florida, you can get 12. And uh, it's the first bite at the apple for people, non-commercial people, to get to uh, the spiny lobster. And that's pretty much it. Now, the great thing about the Keys is the water's so clear and so shallow that it's a great place to do it. Otherwise, in the rest of Florida, you have to con- uh, contend with surf and some murky conditions near the shore so people like coming down here and considering uh, since the pandemic and since Florida is uh, I'd have to call what's it called a hot spot where the uh, some people call it a lot of people calling it the epicenter of infection some people are ignoring we're going to get that later on to talk about that this episode called Amish Hippie and you'll get and understanding why I call it that. But back to mini season. It starts Tuesday. This was uh, yesterday at midnight. And at nighttime, what you can do, you can't dive, you can't go into water. What you can do is use a long net 
to it's called bully netting and you just um, from your from your boat or from whatever you're supposed to have I, I think a minimum of 300 feet from any improved structure and uh, sea walls and things like that you're allowed to get them from the bottom of canals and things uh, places like that but you're not supposed to uh, I think 300 feet I, I never really quite understand the rules for that but if there's someone out there listening it'd be nice to hear a little more about how uh, they do that I myself do not go in the water for them I'm not a big uh, I'm not really that interested in the Caribbean lobster it's like a big shrimp to me and uh, it's good it's good but I'd rather have the cold water lobster and the ones that have claws. Spiny lobsters don't have claws. They're just, they look like uh, cockroaches of the sea. That's pretty much it, you know. And uh, they have just tail, no claw meat, obviously because they don't have claws. And people are apeshit crazy about these things. They just love it. And so much so, there's people that come down and are willing to risk a very very significant fine or even jail time to um, you know skirt the laws and take uh, undersize over the limit meaning uh, more than six and you'll hear all stories of that and it's a small group of people that do it but the people that do it do it so much that it uh, they were you know it's just one of those things where it's just like someone who's um a rapist they just don't rape one they may you know if they're let's say a serial rapist or serial murder they don't kill one obviously it makes you serial serial part is different one they do it a lot and they keep on doing it the more they do it they keep on doing it so it's just it's just like stealing and shoplifting shoplifters it usually doesn't just one stick of gum uh, what they do is they do it all the time until they're caught and the same thing goes for lobsters. And they call them lobster mobsters and all those things down here. And they say it's upwards of, uh, I'm going to pick a number, I think 40,000. I'm going to be conservative. 40,000 people come down for it. It could be 60,000. Who knows right now with COVID-19. Supposedly our uh, hotels and our rental properties are filled. Uh, there was a lot of traffic down here heading south, a lot of uh, boats and things like that. And in order to mitigate a lot of these things going on in uh, the Keys and the propagation of COVID-19, the county commissioners attempted to do uh, some might call it half-hearted method, uh, methods, and that would be closing the public uh, ramps in the upper Keys. So it would discourage day trippers coming down, popping in, running around. It's very dangerous on the water during lobster season because people are zipping around at different spots. They go down, they look around. If you don't see something, they jump back in their boat uh, and they'll uh, go to another spot. And when you're diving in, uh, in, when someone's in the water, you're supposed to have a a dive flag. And that's to alert other boaters uh, in the area that there's people in the water so as not to just come cruising real quick, you know, you not run over somebody, hit them with your, uh, the hull of your boat, or even worse, the, uh, well, what's worse again, hit by uh, 30 knots or 40 knots of boat coming by, but the prop too, so 
there's all those sorts of things. So it's very dangerous this time of year. A lot of people that aren't uh, physically fit get in the water, and sometimes they overtax their system. They get over, uh, extend themselves, and we always lose someone. But that could be just a function of the thousands of people that are down here, and that that was going to happen to that person some way or another eventually, and it just happened to happen to them during uh, lobster season. So we're uh, uh, attempting to handle that. And it's not, you know, I, I gave dire warnings. The warnings, what's really going to happen is uh, what's going to happen. History, like I say before, time will be the best uh, reporter of the what's occurring, meaning we'll know the results by how many, you know, right now in the Florida Keys we have uh, – uh, an increase in numbers and we have people going to mainland and things like that to be taken into the ICUs there. We have limited numbers down here. So we'll see what happens there. This is new for everyone. And I want to talk about that also a little later. Uh, there's a bit of backsliding going on um, when we look at the uh, quarantine. Let's say it wasn't exactly quarantine, but they shut down so many things like the restaurants and all non-essential businesses and things like that. So people would go to their doctors, they go to their supermarkets until, and, and then we had the checkpoint up on the stretch here north of us. And when I say backsliding, uh, people that stopped doing things like uh, personal care items. Now, some people were very pissed off at not being able to go see their hairstylist or the manicurist or facials or getting... Uh, their uh, a massage uh, and a lot of other people uh, had their routines with their gyms and you know a lot of people that started working out they never worked out they worked out during the closures because they had nothing else to do they didn't have a job they didn't you know they had they didn't have to go into work uh, even if they worked from home a lot of times that left them with a lot of spare time they if you think about it if you don't have to commute and let's say you have an hour uh, or two commute, you had an extra two hours or a day. And, you know, some people picked up the habit of, you know, trying to lose weight, take care of themselves. And, and some people like me that are used to going to the gym and I'm a fitness instructor at a local hospital that has a gym that's open to the public. It's not a gym that's open to just patients, employees, because we're such a smaller community to have, a, um, a hospital gym it was open to the public and was really great and I was I am still a spin instructor there <coughs> and they canceled the classes due to COVID-19 and they also closed the gym and for the longest time I got out of the uh, thing I tried going running at the park and doing calisthenics and things like that and it just wasn't my thing I got so used to going to gym hitting the 12 or 14 pieces of equipment I like to use. I, use. I like to use free weights. I like to use universal machines. I like to use the cardio and uh, mix it up. That I got out of it and my body, I noticed, was quickly, the I guess because due to my age, quickly went to, uh, that's what I call backsliding. I don't know what my body would look like at 50 if I had, for the last 20 years, had not worked out. But I'm getting an inkling now 
by the reduced trips I had going to the gym, what that body would be. And that would be shifting my weight from my, uh, my thighs, my calves, my upper body towards my midsection. Now it hasn't happened a lot. I may post a picture of that or not. I have some pictures prior to the pandemic and I have some now and I've been going back to the gym uh, trying to get back into the swing of things so and I've been watching a little bit about what I eat so I haven't had a huge weight gain I think I was around 236 I'm six I'm almost six four and I was 236 and uh, relatively fit uh, 34 inch waist I think I'm around 35 inch waist I'm not bitching about it just I this is me trying to maintain I was watching my weight watching what I eat I don't drink anymore so I didn't have those calories for the last seven months but I haven't lost weight either you think you you know you stop drinking you'd you lose a little weight if you don't up your food intake but I've been stopping my activity so all this backslide that's just me but I noticed like in my 30s if I remember my 20s 20s you didn't have to do anything teens I'm not even going to talk to you guys about that first of all we fucking curse a lot here, so you got to be 18 or older. Um, but if I, in, in your teens, if you didn't have an exactly sedentary lifestyle, if you're out there doing things and all sorts of stuff and have a normal metabolism, you usually have your weight is pretty good. And then you have your 20s. You usually get a break in your 20s, too. I mean, I was thin, super thin in my 20s. And in 30s, I started to think I had to maintain. I, uh, it was especially as... I got to my mid-30s. I just went from lean to um, starting to pack on the the pounds. And it was one of these things where you pack it all around you. So it wasn't, I mean, supposedly I was at the beginning of obese. I was was up at 250. And at 6'4", that was considered at least the BMI uh, scale. I was considered... Uh, obese and I started doing some working out then Uh, that was a time in my 30s that's when I quit smoking and I started doing a lot of hiking and calisthenics and stuff like that my 40s that's when I really started feeling it and I wanted to maintain what I had in my 30s so I joined a gym and the funny thing about that if you weren't I wasn't a gym rat I had gym memberships for years for years, I had gym memberships. Now, having a gym membership is not the same thing as going to a gym. Let me repeat that. Having a gym membership does not mean you go to a gym. It's like, yeah, I have a gym membership. I belong to a gym. That doesn't mean you go to a gym. And that doesn't mean when you go to a gym that you work out. I've seen people go to a the gym. They spend an hour there. They hit about, you know, hit some free weights, hit some this. They maybe total workout maybe 10 minutes 10 15 minutes no judgment there no judgment there but that is a big investment to make you know money wise nowadays it's not like holiday fitness if you go to one of these uh, la fitness or the one the purple one and i can't recall it right now but the no frills gym that's 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month that's a great deal and if you don't you end up buying a membership there and not going you're only throwing a uh, throwing away 120 to 180 a, a year away and it makes you feel good that you have a membership but if you're actually going to get anything out of it you got to really kind of work out for 
think about your baseline, 30 minutes, doing something for 30 minutes. Uh, so I'm in my 40s. I was going to, I, mean, I was in my 40s when I started going to the gym and started going regularly, especially down here. When I moved down to, uh, if uh, you're an avid listener, you know, in 2007, I moved down here uh, after a, a change in my marital status from married to separated and eventually divorced. I started going, working out seriously in order to make, uh, put my best foot forward in finding, uh, you know, female companionship. So I started working out a lot and it also filled my time too. So I was, at, uh, in from the time I was 44 to 48, I was working out at the gym 10 hours a week. Yes, 10 hours, and not a lot of wasted time, not a lot of talking. People at the gym always said, you know, you're not very sociable at the gym. Well, I, I, I was. If I couldn't work, if I was doing some cardio or talk, I'd be happy to do it. But when I was lifting or something like that, I wouldn't do it. Now, I'm not a bodybuilder. I wasn't trying to get bigger. I wasn't attempting. I was just trying to keep my body as fit as possible and presentable. That was my thing. I want to be lean, strong-looking and feel good and it worked it worked i met abby i met her at the gym while she was working out it's also find out someone that cares enough just to take care of themselves not there was no purpose other than you know i'm trying to i'm pointing at my body right now it's just keeping this thing as in good a shape as you can you know lean as i can around there try to fit i think at my best i was Back in uh, 32 inch waist, I, I think now I'm 34. I'm so it's always been pushing. At my worst, I got up to 36. And uh, you know that's that's your 40s. And I really didn't see. I never pulled back in my 40s that much. Where I haven't gone to the gym to see what my body would look like. Now my 50s, this is the time, and this is what when within weeks of not going to the gym, just doing. Uh, my spin class and not doing anything else and my job as a bartender obviously the keys bartender I'm on my feet all day so I maintained my legs and it's, I was just doing my spin classes about three three classes a week teaching as an instructor without anything else that three classes a week no it was not doing it I was trying to maintain the kind of same eating habits I did I do a lot of carbs a lot of protein, and that just didn't do it. In the 50s, it would just go crazy. I had to have to start thinking salad, vegetables, fruit, and start thinking smaller portions of pasta, and a little more, you know, cardio. And, it, you know, you have to mix the things. Like, you didn't have to, I didn't have to do cardio when I was in my 20s. I was cardio lean. I could drink a case of beer and still fit in to a, a 30 to 31 inch waist on uh, but that's not the case so there, I mean I'm sure there's a lot of people out there they uh, make jokes about it they're going to be calling it the COVID COVID-19 they could call it the COVID-19 meaning the COVID-19 19 meaning you're going to put 19 pounds on um, but falling out of habits like that during that and people backslid a lot let's let's just think uh, we we spoke about uh, 
in social settings, like you didn't get a chance to even go on a date. You're not allowed to mingle with your friends. So you started becoming a hermit. You know, these Zoom meetings don't really meet. I mean, when I was in my 20s and my 30s, I hate to say this, but, you know, if you're looking for a long-term mate, you know, meeting them at a bar is not necessarily the optimum place to do it. But it was back then in the 20s and 30s was the time, was the place if you wanted to make frequent connections that the bars and nightclubs were the places to go. We out drinking, lower your inhibitions, most likely time you're going to meet somebody. What the fuck? But nowadays you have to, you have Tinder dates and things like that going on. The uh, match.com. You know, some of those things are finding finding mates for long term. And then there's the other ones. I guess that's Tinder is for a good time, which I'm not going to begrudge anybody that. But it's if you think about it, uh, especially technology wise, just little thought experiment. When people are out at the bar and restaurant where they're drinking, they're. They have to, you have to see them. You, you get to see them visually, the whole th- package. They're drinking, so they're not on their most vigilant of protecting uh, the way they're, they appear to other people, the way they behave, and the way they interact, and the way they interact with their friends. I got to see all that right there. Now, I didn't get the answer on the bullshit questions that they have on the Internet for setting up uh, matches for people. Now, yeah, they say they're friendly. They say they're agreeable. They're saying they're out for a good time. A controlling person, a narcissistic person, a person that's egotistical will not put that or should not put that. I mean, it'd be nice if they did put it in there in the dates. It'd be nice if they gave you like a 250-question test where uh, you'd have to answer in a certain amount of time and they'd trip you up and they could find out if you're a sociopath or borderline psychopath or a narcissist or a gaslighter or a stalker. They could find all they could find all these things, especially with the technology they have right to questions. They can find out someone has a propensity for it and weed them out. But they don't. What they do is they have questions that make them the questions on the questionnaire for these dating services are to give a description of how they are so they can meet other people. And if people are going to rank themselves and they're going to show themselves, they're going to put a picture on that's uh, probably most flattering to them. If you see on social media, I don't, I don't use any. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting I'm a bad, but I don't use any filters. But nowadays, a filter is generally almost all people use. And they, you know, whatever you do, uh, they're, they're going to use a, a younger picture of themselves. Uh, the best picture that they had in the last year or for when I say younger, they could be like 10 years ago or it may not even be them. Who knows? Is, I, I hear anecdotally, I hear stories about people just meeting someone. They said, you don't even look anything like your picture. That person didn't. And there's a lot of older guys that do that. And they just think, oh, I'll just go there and then I'll throw some money around and stuff like that. And see what, what the, uh, what plays out there, which God forbid, if I had to do that, I, I told you listeners before I went on one blind date 
one time I went on a blind date. And it wasn't a nightmare thing, but it wasn't something I would have chosen. So that's all I have to do talk about backsliding right now. Let's talk about the the way people behave. We're in the Florida Keys in the summertime. Normally, it's not that busy this time of year. We do have the uptick during um, lobster mini season or some of the, you know, where they have races or something like that. We get a lot of people from uh, that have vacation homes that live up in Broward and Miami-Dade. But now we got people coming down from Miami, David Broward, and so because there's so many restrictions in South Florida, and Monroe County isn't as restrictive as possible. In uh, Miami Dade right now, the uh, all the restaurants are uh, all the bars are closed in Florida. That's if you have 50% or less sales according to food. So uh, if you you sell less than that, then you're considered a bar, and you have to close. So down here, we aren't, we're open for in-person dining. And I think they can, and there's a possibility they could be dining, you could dine outside up in Miami-Dade. I'm not exactly sure. But I don't go up, to, I don't go up to Miami in order to do that. So, and I understand people want to go out, they need to go out to a restaurant. What happens though, um, this time of year, we got so many restrictions from Miami-Dade. Everyone that uh, wants to go someplace that's, uh, on the water and stuff like that. This is the place to go with our um, uh, restaurants being open. And uh, it, it appears that uh, people, you know, uh, it, it, at least in Florida case, we, we started uh, having this level of visitors here has really helped people financially but it also caused consternation around people that think that automatically because there's a lot of people down here that they're going to get exposed now this is what i would do i agree that we're not doing enough in florida we're i mean if if the governor of florida said listen you have to and every every time you go indoors except you know you have to wear a mask you have to socially distance I mean, this is what you have to do. And if you can't keep socially distanced when you're outside, you have to wear a mask when you're within. Because obviously, if you're right next to a person and you're outside, it doesn't mean you're safer just because there's no roof over your head. My idea would be, yeah, that would probably reduce the spread and relax. But that's not being done. So down here though the counties are doing it we're trying to mandate it as much as possible and you know you get sometimes you get some of these people that are really uh, reactionary they don't want to wear a mask and they figure some point they're just waiting for people to come in when so, someone walks into a restaurant into a store without a mask they're just hoping they're angry they want to uh, strike out and say they want to just scream and say this and they have this thing going in their head and want to do it i understand that so there's people that are pissed off at the people that want to shut everything down and there's people that are pissed at the people want to uh, open everything up my thing is in a lot of these other countries they're open but they have very strict rules with the mask so if you want to do both in the middle meet me in the middle follow the mask mandates Follow social distancing, and you can go out. We don't have to close down. The reason why we close down the bars in Florida is because 
the cases went up. You can argue whether it's going to be right now, they're saying Florida and Florida right now or some of these uh, hospitals in uh, South Florida, they're at 130% of their ICU capacity. And that's, uh, I think th that's including the conversion of beds to ICU beds. So we're not doing a really good job. And supposedly it takes about four weeks from instituting something and, and the instituting measures that you you see the effects so we're still not there exactly and some people may argue and say well we already seen a drop in uh, testing I mean uh, positivity or infections okay we're at a little over 9,000 let's say yesterday or today and uh, it was as high as 15,000 a day in Florida. Uh, that That is way too much right now. That is way too much. And uh, t yesterday there was a total of 180 dead. Now, we, you, you can argue whether they're uh, one thing or another, but that's just the way things are in Florida. It's just we have a higher number here. Our testing isn't necessarily much higher than other places, just that we have a lot of people being infected because we're not doing a uniform prevention or procedures for people to go out. So if everyone could just calm down, follow the rules with this, and it's not being sheep, come on, your freedom is not being restricted by putting on a mask and staying six feet away. Okay. And washing your hands. Just reduce the infection. I'm not talking about, you're not bowing down to anybody, stuff like that. You're showing concern for other people. And who knows, you know, what, you know, the person that could get sick could be a child that has an uh, uh, immune system compromised. They have a little nine-year-old boy that's uh, on a ventilator. He was brought up to... Uh, uh, the mainland, and he's uh, from Tavernier, and we wish him the best. But um, some people may say he's going to get it no matter what, blah, blah, blah. We can't change our lifestyle because of a couple, you know, if you're going to make an omelet, you're going to break a couple eggs. But, you know, if you're really close to one of those broken eggs, I hate to call a person a broken egg, it's going to change your perspective on what these procedures are. So be considerate of each other. Follow, try to follow the rules. Don't make it about politics. Make it about good health practices. Washing hands have has always been a great health practice. They do it in a restaurant business. They do it to stop pathogens, bacteria, germs. People go to the bathroom. You don't want to get strep. You don't want to get E. coli. Uh, 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 you know, spread and things like that. You don't need that in your life trust me so we're just that hand washing and mask because this is a respiratory illness it's just it's really important it's a way to be considerate so don't be an asshole follow uh those good practices follow those good practices and when someone argues says the virus is only point is 0.15 microns and the best mask only filters to 0.3 microns well the virus doesn't exist as just a virus. It's a, in, a, in humans, it attaches to moisture particulates, droplets, when they respire. It's just like a mist. 
It's not just the virus coming out. It's attached to droplets and moisture that comes out of people's respiratory system. And what the mask does is inhibit the free spread of that. So when someone's yelling loud, and you've seen it, I'm, I've been guilty of that before when you see spit coming out and stuff like that. That's a larger expression. Let's call it expressions of the virus. Expressions of virus in droplets are a larger amount. So that's how one virus enter your system, one virus particle may not cause you to, most likely won't cause you to be ill, but a droplet containing thousands can. And that's what they're trying to do. Restrict the droplets. And that's when you have two people with masks. You have the person wearing the mask who says, you know, you're wearing the mask to stop the spread. And if you don't have, a, if you have the mask on, you're doing the same. And you can be asymptomatic. Remember, you can be asymptomatic. That's very important. And I, I know this is the reason why my numbers suck because I get on this and I always, uh, I, I stay uh, entirely too long on these things. I'm going to, switch on to the next thing. I have someone, uh, there are conversations that happen at bars, at the restaurant. Let's say it's not, a, it's not a bar now because we only have table service. The way we set up, we have tables near our bar. We have people to sit at them. They want to so sit at the bar, but we say, you know, bar service is closed. So it's not going to happen. You're not going to sit there. The reason is because that's all the reason you need to know. The reason is that you can be fined. And is now the, the political discussion can happen wherever you want. But the discussions are still going on, the non-COVID-19 discussions. And then we have one, uh, one of our regulars is, um, he refers that he's Rastafarian. He always says he's Rastafarian. And the, he, he goes on talking about his guru in Jamaica, or his Rastafarian rabbi, or whatever he called, and he was talking about uh, that special we had today. They got this chicken pot pie on Mondays, and he was saying to me, "Hey, I would love to have the chicken pot pie, but it has mushrooms, and as a Rastafarian, I don't eat mushrooms." I go, "Wow, what the fuck is that all about?" And so I told him I was, uh, I forget, a Hasidic Catholic. And he goes, what? I said, yeah, um, it's weird because we can't eat shellfish and, and I'm, uh, you know, doing Lent because they're Catholic. You know, don't eat shellfish, no pork and all that stuff. But I have a combination is on uh, during Lent, we got to eat fish, but it has to be a certain type of fish because I'm a Hasidic. So it's more like a felt of fish, white fish, herring. And, and he says, you know, it, it's, it's, um, and, and I was, there's no such thing as Hasidic Catholicism, but, and I guess there's, you could call the ultra-Orthodox kind of like the Catholics, the, the conservative Catholics, they could be like the Hasidic, but they don't do anything weird with their hair, except maybe get bad haircuts. You don't really see, Mel Gibson never had a bad haircut, right? He always had that good hair when he was younger. I think if you, but I'm, I'm diverging from the topic and then I also mentioned like uh, a hippie Amish I came from a very liberal Amish community 
and uh, he said, and he asked me, were you liberal about the use of technology? I said, uh, yes, but we wouldn't use anything that used um, copper wires or metal wires. So that restricted our use of the phone. So we could use soup cans. Um, we could build all types of contractions and stuff like that, but we weren't allowed to use uh, metal wires. And he's looking at me and said, yeah, and but we were into uh, well, plural marriage and uh, uh, a lot of drug psychedelic uses, but it would have to be natural psychedelics, things that could be derived from grown in animal uh, dung. And he's looking at me and I go, hey, you know, it's not my rules, man. That's the religion I was brought up in. And he just looked at me like I was crazy. But what are you going to do about that? You know, everyone has this thing. They go and say, uh, whatever, the celiac disease, that's not a religion, I understand. But it's kind of like a religion when people realize that they they were allergic to, um, uh God, what's that stuff called? This is one of those things they call the, uh, oh, well, we know, you know what it is. But celiac disease is people that have a problem with, and this is why we have callers. We should have callers. The gluten, gluten allergy, gluten allergy. Oh, my God. Everyone had a fucking gluten allergy about four, four years ago. I made a joke about that one time. And I pissed off a person who eventually became a friend. They said they were into gluten intolerant. And I told them I was intolerant of, I picked Amish. I don't know why I have this thing with Amish. Probably Philadelphia. And I think my grandmother's from a, she's Pennsylvania Dutch, but she wasn't raised Amish. So I, I figure I could have said that. But uh, with these people, it's like the, the, the thing of the day, religion is eternal, meaning when someone's in that religion, that's the rules they're going to follow. These gluten intolerances, stuff like that, people do that from year to year. I'm gluten intolerant. I have a problem with sugar in my system. I can only do this. I can only do that. I can't drink. Um, when I'm drinking, I, I can't drink this kind of whiskey because it gets me ill. And things like, oh, maybe it's the whiskey that gets you ill, not the type of whiskey that gets you ill. So, we've uh, spent about 40 minutes here. I am going to start signing off. We have, uh, I have several friends who listen, and I, it's kind of weird now uh, and kind of creepy, but I have two friends that have I'm working with right now, and they happen to be two young women that are 18 years old. One's the owner's daughter, Molly, and the other one's Elizabeth, and they were supposed to be starting their uh first year in college and uh, I think Elizabeth might be going if it's still held open but they you never know with this kind of um, spread whether they're going to keep on doing it I'm hoping that they uh, get to experience their first year there's nothing like it uh, going off to college the first year it's very uh, being disoriented it's one of the most wonderful things in the world when you're not uh, it's not a health issue or not a drug being disoriented by like experiencing a new culture traveling someplace uh, having a new experience 
uh, life situation, which is pretty much when you're going to college for most uh, young adults. It is disorienting. You're going in there. You know, you're going from um, high to medium, uh, medium to high, on average, parental control to none. To none. Now, I imagine the people, and this is on average, the people that had loose control of their children, meaning let them do a lot of things on their own, uh, those young adults probably have the uh, least disoriented because they were used to get, getting up, making their food, doing those things. But um, the people that have the tightest control, they're the ones that go total ape shit. I mean, I, uh, I guess when I went off to college, I, uh, I didn't have a lot of experience with the food and uh, preparing my meals, not a ton of it. So I was doing cans of uh, Hormel chili and corned beef hash when I wasn't in the college cafeteria. I was on the meal plan there. And uh, if you're 18, 19, oh boy, you normally don't have, you know, if you're a thin, thin guy who eats a lot of food or girl, you normally don't have a problem with the quality of food. You're just going to eat, 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 whatever they give you. You know, and uh, they don't make it too tricky, the food. You know, they won't make it, you don't get any, uh, anything with, let's say, anything super spicy, anything super exotic. They try to do middle of the road in college. And, you know, you got to figure out how to do your laundry. And the laundry thing, you know, you start seeing the, the clothing. You see guys walking around with pink shirts. A lot of times they didn't have pink shirts. They just had a red piece of clothing they threw in with their clothes and they just didn't realize that colors go with colors and darks go with darks and whites go with whites. You know, it may be if you're really smart, you try to get, you know, just, you know, you see these people and say, all you do is wear black and white clothing. Maybe that's all they want to wash. They want to watch darks and they want to watch whites. That's it. But, uh, the thing with kids, when you go there, you show up, you don't, no one tells you when to go to bed. No one tells you when to eat. No one tells you to go to school, you know, to get up and go to class. You got to get up when the uh, alarm goes off and go. And that's uh, tricky for some kids because uh, if you don't have anybody, there's my daughter's finally getting up. It's 10 after 11. Yeah. Um, so. When you don't have someone coming up and you don't have someone coming up and tell you you have to go to school and things like that, that's your own. Some people do really well. Now, when I started, I was in Navy scholarship program, so I had to get up um, pretty early in the morning, 6 a.m. in the morning sometimes. And uh, that wasn't one of those options. Like you didn't show up. They wouldn't just mark you as absent. You had to have you had to be in the emergency room. Or, you know, we call it in the Navy, call it sick bay. You had to, you had to show up. But in college, you got to be careful. You got to, when you have a, if you have a 9 o'clock class or 8.15 class, that's when you got to get up. That's when you got to go. Because what's the point, what's your point of going there? Obviously right now, so, so what happens for the people that are really tight, it's the social aspect of it. Being able to go and visit your friend in a dorm at 11, 12, 1 o'clock at night. Um, there's the 
the sexual aspect if you you have uh, you find somebody that you you really get along with and you know it's your first time no one's controlling like telling you so you can't you can't go have that guy in your room you can't have that girl in your room depending on what kind of college you're in if you're in Oral Roberts University I'm sure they don't let uh, they probably allowed to go to prayer meetings and stuff like that but I, I'm pretty sure that the girls aren't allowed in the guys dorms and the guys aren't allowed in uh, girls uh, dorms I went when I went to college we had to, our dorms were on the same floor and there was just a room and the same. They had one wing was the girls and the other was the guys. No one restricted. You could walk down to once um, girls could come over to that side and guys could come to the other. You couldn't have an opposite sex roommate, but no one was stopping you having someone in your room. And a lot of guys I knew wanted to have girls in the rooms. You know, they wished they had girls in the room, but they didn't have it. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail about mine, but... I, I didn't quite understand why there was all these girls co- coming down. Uh, all these, there wasn't a ton of them, but there were some on my floor, and they always wanted to t- uh, study with me. And I was a political science major most of the time, so and everyone else was engineering or fashion design or something like that. And there were very few people that had the same courses as me, but they come down and study with me, and I didn't know them. I didn't know the higher math. I didn't understand calc or linear algebra and stuff like that. And they wanted me to tutor them in them. And I just thought maybe uh, they were confused and stuff. And it turned out they they were the studying was not what they were intending. They weren't uh, intending to study. So you got to be careful with that, I guess, when you go to college. Make sure you're... I told the girls, uh, Elizabeth and Molly, make sure when you go out you have a friend. You know, just like... Uh, Napoleon Dynamite learned at the uh, self-defense school, there's no more flying solo now. You're going to have to have a wingman. Okay? I mean, you should do that, uh, especially when you're in a new environment. You should have someone looking over your shoulder, someone you could trust. uh, And you have to be able to have an agreement. You have to say, hey, listen, you're not going to, no matter what I say, if I'm not in the condition, I look kind of messed up, you're going to take me. Okay? And, um, I know what happens. Some people are militant when they get, when they're drinking or under the influence. So it may be kind of difficult, but you're doing uh, your friend a service. If if they're really messed up and they can't seem to make a logical decision or a rational decision, let's say, you should take them home or to the, you know, wherever they're living that's safe because that's when you, um, you can get in trouble because also the person you may be leaving them with they could be impaired too, and their decision-making capability could be flawed. So that's when, uh, th- you know, not so good things can happen. But it, by and large, most of the experiences you have in your first year are very exciting. Being able to get, you know, no one asks you what kind of clothes, you know, what kind of clothes you're going to, are you going to, are you going to class with that clothes, those clothes on? No one asks you that. There were guys, I'm in Philadelphia, it was January, 25 degrees outside. It was a little less, you know, on campus, it was a big campus for an inner city school. And uh, you go a couple hundred yards between the dorm and your class. And I seen guys with flip-flops, 25 degrees and shorts. I mean, I didn't quite, the, the, the classrooms, almost all the classrooms were overheated. 
overheated in the summer and undercooled in the uh, uh, spring. So, and it was a co-op school, and a lot of these people went to school in the summertime. So, they went to an older building. They had a little problem there. Uh, so, yeah, getting dressed, going wherever you want, staying up as late as you want, doing your work, not being told to do your homework, uh, not being told uh, what class, get, you know, running it. If Imagine this. You're in the lunchroom. It's 12 o'clock. You have a 12.30 class. There's a, someone you like, a girl. You end up talking to her and stuff like that. You think I'm never ever have this opportunity. Um, I, and you're, you're going to skip your class. You're going to, you're, that's your, that's your choice to skip the class. You got to remember. Um, but if you choose to go to the class, then you'll have more opportunities to meet more people. A lot of people that automatically start doing that, start experimenting with the social life and taking social over the, the academic, uh, they end up not staying in school. So remember that. Choose your academic. Make make your white source. Remember, you're making a big investment. You may have a lot of uh, loans to pay off. So uh, take it serious. It's your job. But you can have a good time, too, and also have a wingman. You're going to do what you're going to do. People say, hey, don't go and have a drink. Don't take any drugs. Yeah, that's a wise thing to do, especially when you don't know what kind of drug it is or something like that or you don't know where it's coming from. But... Uh, your primary thing, academics, and then if you have your priorities, you have uh, your social life, academics, then social life, and maintain that um, mental balance there, and you'll do what well, you'll do well. And uh, I give these advice uh, to these two uh, young ladies. They are ladies. I hope I hope they do well, and. Uh, I gave it to him as uh, I guess a, a father would tell him, you know, just you got to You got to be careful out there. Uh, I was in school. I wasn't one of the guy. Uh, I wasn't one of the, uh, what you call it? I don't want to even use the word, but I wasn't a guy that was looking to take advantage of somebody. I was a guy that was not sure what was going on. So you got a bunch of clueless people. You got a bunch of babies running around. That's what, that's what the first year of college is like. It's baby adults. I call them baby adults. And uh, getting up, going to breakfast, doing things that adults do, but you're not exactly sure where your priorities are. And that's the baby part. Like a baby has to be given a diaper because otherwise the baby will poop wherever it wants that's almost like a freshman. So say you're given an option, you can either go to class or not go to class. And the freshman, some of them will go, I won't go to class. You can go to a party, you can stay in and do your, um, get ready for your class tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to go to a party. I mean, you guy, you think I might get late, I may be missing out. A girl says, I, I may have a good time with my friends and stuff like that. And same thing, you may want to get late too. But, you know, you got to balance that. Get Get your homework done. Figure out a time you got to get home. You could stay up to three in the morning, four in the morning, and when you got a class at eight, you could. You're you could stay out. Should you? No. You know you could do that on a weekend. 
Okay, you have all Sunday. You got Sunday to recover. I used to on Sunday morning. I used to have to. Uh, what was I? I used to watch uh, this Sunday morning show, Sunday Today, or something like that. And that this guy Charles Corral, and they used to show these pastoral pictures. And this guy turned out to be a real big uh, guy. Was he was like a college freshman, even though he was in his sixties, and he go to these different places in the United States. And it was a show in the morning. It was a news show, a, kind of a news show, but more like a news magazine. But they'd open up with pastoral scenes, like of a uh, a bunch of cows in a field or a mountain uh, forest. And you just hear birds and stuff like that for like 10 minutes. And if you were hungover from a party Saturday night, that was just the ticket to have that on. You wanted to watch TV in the morning, and that's the thing they put on. Just watch that. Just sit, hang out until everything clouded up. Drink plenty of water. What is it, Gatorade nowadays? Or nowadays. They had Gatorade when I was a kid, too. But be careful. Be playing. Watch it out there. You're, um, I'm not, I hate to call you adult babies, but you are. You're neophyte adults. You're going into the beginning of the adulthood, just like teenagers. You know, a 13-year-old is not an 18-year-old, right? A 13-year-old is not an 18-year-old. But there's plenty of 13-year-olds that behave a lot better than 18-year-olds. And there's plenty of college freshmen that behave better than uh, people, you know, professors and stuff in their 40s and 50s. So there's that, too. That's the exception rather than the rule. So be careful out there. You're around them. Not only it's the bad decisions you make, you see other people make bad decisions and you could gauge yourself to their decision making. You know, the level of being uh, irresponsible is much higher when you get to college. A responsible person in college could be seen as boring. You, could, you have to have, find the right balance. You don't want to miss out on the whole thing, but then again, you don't want to wash out either. I spent a lot of time doing that. It's it's the end of July. Colleges start for some people. Some colleges aren't going to be open in person. I'm sorry for that. Uh, but I have a feeling eventually you will get the uh, opportunity to um, experience in person. Maybe a little delayed, but you'll get it. Maybe uh, maybe it'll be a good thing. Maybe you'll get the the course experience first and then the social experience will come next when you're staying in there and maybe that'll be that'll be like uh, uh, you don't get all at once all at once and it's just a stimuli overload and you you won't be doing uh, whatever the upside down beer shot is we never I never saw that when I was in college we didn't do that uh, keg stands. We we didn't do keg stands back then, but we did all lots of other stupid things. We drank from a boot, a glass boot, and you know, big deal was six people could finish it. It was like a two gallon boot, and uh, I think one time like four of us finished it, and it was like, oh god. And if you have people, and if you you don't want to be the last one because of backwash. You want to be the first one, but you want to put a big hole, you know, you know, the routine. In the end, at the time, it seemed like a great experience. But when you're when it's coming out of you, the other end, it doesn't 
doesn't really feel that great. When it, no, it's the same. Usually when you're doing the boot, it comes out the same way. And it comes out just as cold as it went in because you're drinking so much beer and all the, it just comes right back out. And if you're lucky, you're not doing it right in front of a bunch of people. You can make it to the bathroom or go outside. Uh, that's all I have to say. Boy, what a horrible ending of this. If you do like the show, please share with your friends. Follow. Um, I'll be back. Uh, listen. Um, if you have uh, any comments, remember, we have that phone number. Write it down. I'm going to give you the phone number right now. 407-392-4500. I'll leave the phone number in the description of the show if you don't get it. So next time if you go live. And I realize I go live whenever I want. So you may not be ready for it. But I will eventually probably do a try to get on a regular when things start lightening up here. I'll start getting on a regular basis. Maybe do it on a Tuesday or Thursday. Uh, not too late. And maybe... I mean, I can probably get, I, I think I have a hankering. I might have a college following there. I don't know. But thank you for listening. This is Jim McKee's bartender. I'll be back.